0: Uh, quickly, before I get started, some of you know this. Many of you don't. Um, my mom um, is is struggling with health, uh, battling cancer. It's at the point where she can't leave her home. She has in home hospital care, and so she can't go to church on Sundays. And so she, you know, she knew I was speaking, uh, so she wanted to FaceTime in. And so um, it would really mean a lot if you all could uh, just say hi to my mom for me. So, cool. so um, thank you for being here again. Happy Father's Day, the, the forgotten holiday. Uh, seriously, everyone goes all out for Mother's Day. I get it. It's a huge deal. Uh, but then Father's Day rolls around, and it's like, yay. Yay. 10% off at Menards. <laughs> Just what I always wanted, right? I mean, it's like, come on, man. I contribute, you know? I was there when you were born. I was the one in the back of the room trying not to pass out, you know? <laughs> when your mom was breastfeeding, I made sure the TV still worked. So, you know, I, I, I was there, but um, it's good to see you this morning. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We're in the middle of a series that we're calling Heroes. Uh, we're looking at the Book of Judges and uh, looking at several individuals who were identified as heroes of the faith. And so, um, fun fact for you is this isn't an original series, it's been preached before. Same exact series, same exact characters highlighted. And uh, I kind of I want to show you. Um, how this was displayed. So, we're going to look at Hebrews real quick right off the bat, chapter 11, verse 32, starting out. It'll be on the screens, so you're good. Um, it said, What more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength. And so today, uh, that's what we're going to focus on. I thought, you know, it was very fitting for Father's Day talking about weakness to strength because you know as men, we're tough, we're strong. We got it going on, right? Sorry, my wife, she's a cheer coach. Sometimes that stuff, it gets stuck in my head and uh, I can't help it. (laughs) So we're talking about weakness to strength. And the context of what's happening in this passage is this preacher is addressing his church because they're experiencing persecution, and he's encouraging them to endure, to keep going and not give up. Um, Because sometimes you need someone in your life who can tell you that you're going to make it, right? And so these people needed that because uh, they were experiencing the removal of their rights, um, many of them had been to prison, experienced the loss of freedom. Some of them had even lost their lives. You have to understand uh, that in this time frame, Christianity was brand new. It hadn't been established. I mean, it wasn't even called Christianity yet. It was, it was titled the, the Way. And it was just small pockets of individuals that would meet together when they could to try and exemplify and live a lifestyle after Jesus. And so it was difficult, and with anything new... Uh, there, there comes instability and uncertainty. It's almost, it's almost like a new parent, uh, like when Cassie and I, when we had Paxton, our firstborn, um, I was almost begging the doctors, please don't let us leave the hospital. I want to stay here where it's safe, right? Uh, but then as you have more and more kids, it's almost like, hey, honey, when's, uh, when's that doctor appointment thing? You mean our induction to have our child? Yeah, hey, on your way home, can you pick up Wendy's? So... <laughs> As, as it continues, um, there's stability. But in the beginning, with anything new, there's instability and uncertainty. And these people in this church, um, they were struggling to persevere. And so this pastor, this preacher in Hebrews, he got this idea. It was a really good idea. I'm going to give examples of real-life people, names they'll recognize, who have gone before, who exemplify weakness turning to strength, uh, perseverance, perseverance. Um, you know, people like Gideon, who Pastor Craig will talk more about as this series continues. I get why he would talk about Gideon, uh, because Gideon was a wimp. Uh, he, was, he was literally hiding when God called him a warrior. So, you know, he was someone who illustrated, uh, you know, he felt unimportant and weak, and God used him to do incredible things. So that makes sense. I get why he would use Gideon. I get why he would talk about someone like Jephthah, someone you've probably never heard of, uh, but Jephthah... He was weird. He was odd. Um, But you would be too if your mom was a prostitute. And when the Bible talks about who his dad was, it just cites the town he was from, meaning that his dad could have been anyone. That's how much his mom got around. And uh, he was kicked out of his house at a young age, and essentially he grew up in a gang surrounded by worthless men, the Bible says. And uh, from that broken situation, God called him up and used him. And, And, you know, he made mistakes along the way as you would expect someone coming from a broken past like that, but God still chose to use him. And so, you know, I get that. That makes sense why the preacher would use him um, an a, a great example of weakness to strength. I get why this preacher would use the example of, of Deborah, and I get why he would use the example of Barack, you know, from Hawaii to Chicago to the White House. You guys are just as slow as first service. Just as slow as first service. I get why he would use Deborah and Barak, because Barak hid behind Deborah. And Deborah, being a woman in this time, she had no rights. She had no social standing. Uh, She wasn't viewed as an equal, yet she stepped up to lead the Israelites to victory. Um, You know, a great example of weakness to strength. I get that. I can get with that. Um, But what I don't understand is why he brings up Samson. Because, well, when I say his name... What do you think of? Strength, right? I mean, you don't even need to go to church or or have been raised in church. You just basically drive by a church, and most likely you've heard of Samson. He's iconic. He's well-known. But I don't get why the preacher would use him as an example of weakness to strength, because he didn't go from weakness to strength at all. He went from strength to weakness, so it, it doesn't make any sense, because Samson was very strong. I mean, there's a story in the Bible of one time Samson, he was strolling through the woods and uh, he was ran up on by a lion and he said, my, what big teeth you have. <laughs> and he ripped the lion in half with his bare hands. You know, he was, that's strength, right? There was another time he lost a bet and uh, he lost a bet to a Philistine and what he owed was, you know, because he lost the bet, he owed 30 articles of clothing. That's what the bet was for. And uh, rather than hopping over to H&M, he went and found 30 Philistine soldiers, slaughtered them, and stole their britches. And then that's how he repaid his debt. (laughs) Which, Which blows my mind. That would be like me owing you 100 bucks, and rather than going to the ATM, I found a group of your best friends, killed them, took their wallets, and paid you back with that money. I mean, that's just... Intense. That's just how Samson handled situations with just brute strength and overpowering his enemies. There was another instance that was recorded where he was bound and held captive by some Philistines and he wound up breaking free. And the Bible records that he needed to find some way to defend himself because his captors were pursuing him. And the only thing he could find in in the time frame was in the dirt there was a jawbone of a dead donkey. And he picked it up, and the Bible says that with that, he killed 1,000 Philistine soldiers that day. That day. And so just brute strength. And then at some point, he became weak. And so today, we have to talk about Samson, because I'm, I'm just curious how, when, when displaying individuals who went from weakness to strength, he mentioned someone then who did the opposite. So much strength, so much potential— Yet, later in life, he was pitiful and weak. And, um, and so we're going we're to pick up in Samson's story. And it says up at, at this point, Samson had spent 20 years displaying fits of rage and feats of strength. And then he found himself in the lap of a Philistine woman. And I, you know, I don't have time to get into the whole story, uh, but we're going to highlight parts of it today. We're going to pick up in Judges sixteen nineteen. It says... After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair. And uh, and typically this wouldn't have been that big of a deal um, if he hadn't taken the Nazarite vow. And what that was, it was just a way for you to set yourself apart uh, for God and for his purposes. And if you took this vow, there was three things you couldn't do. You couldn't uh, drink alcohol. You couldn't touch a dead body. And you couldn't cut your hair. And at this point in the story, he had already done the first two. And so this was um, his last association, his last connection, if you will, of uh, his identity and the vow that he made. And so it says that uh, when he fell asleep on her lap, she began to subdue him and his strength left him. And so maybe you're at a point in your life where you feel like your strength has left you too. Maybe... You can't do uh, what you used to be able to do. Men, maybe um, you don't feel as strong as you would hope your wife and kids think you are. Samson's strength left him, and that's why I don't get why he was used in a, as an example of weakness to strength. You might not know this about me, but I used to be really fast. Keyword used to. When I was a freshman in high school, I made varsity in the track team, I competed really well, I was the fastest kid in my high school, and you know, the size of Avon, and um, I held several records, made it to state, and uh, did really well athletically, received a scholarship to run in college, and that was a while ago, but I'll never forget one aspect of our training and all my time of running track. Uh, in college, I had gotten to the point to where I was able to lift and bench the most that I had ever been able to lift up until that point in my life. And ladies, you might never get this, uh, but for us guys, our ego will forever be equivocally bound to our bench press number. It's just, (laughs) that's how it is. I mean, we'll be 90 years old talking about, hey bro, what do you bench? You know? And so, I I was feeling awesome, because I was benching the most I was ever able to bench. It felt great. And then, our coaches introduced us to a new form of of working out that honestly my coaches in high school had never introduced us to. Uh, This is a physio ball, and I'm sure you've seen it before. Um, But when it came time to bench press one day, our coaches rolled a bunch of these out uh, for benching. And uh, I remember the first time I had ever used one of these to do the bench press. Uh, I remember I got the weights that I was typically used to doing, and I came over, <clears throat> and I, I sat down. I'm not going to display it for you because it's awkward, but you lay down and all that. And um, for a moment, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and, and I was really confused because the weight that I was used to putting up for 12 reps, I couldn't even get up once. <laughs> and, and honestly... I couldn't even get it off my chest. And so I went over to my trainer, and honestly, I felt like an idiot because in front of my team, I couldn't put up my weight. And I went over to my trainer. I was, I was trying to figure out what was going on. And, and he was asking me questions. You know, are you, do you, are you hurt? Do you feel anything pulling? It's like, no, nothing like that. I, mean, I, I feel good. You know, it wasn't like I was tired because it was toward the beginning of the workout. Um, and so I was just explaining to him, no, I don't get it. And, you know, I, I grabbed what I normally can do. And I, I can't do it. And he said something to me, and he, sp- he explained it like this. He said, my issue wasn't that I was lacking strength. It's that I was lacking stability. And, and when I was preparing for this message, I immediately thought back to that moment. Because my trainer explained to me that when you lack stability in one part of your body, it affects the strength in other parts of your body. And so because I was unstable in one part of my body, I couldn't do what I was normally able to do. And the message God wants us to get today is is you're stronger than you think you are. And if you were to stabilize in the areas of your life where you feel weak and you're shaky, you would experience a strength you never knew you had. The nation of Israel in the book of Judges, they were in trouble because they were unstable. You see, they were a strong nation. They were strong. They, they had the promise. I mean, they were in the promised land. They split the Red Sea. They defeated Jericho. They, they were strong. They had the power, but they were unstable. You see, they would serve God for a little while and then serve themselves for a little while. They would follow God for a little while. And then they would follow the rituals and the lifestyles of the pagans that they chose to surround themselves with for a little while. And it wasn't that they lacked strength. They lacked stability. I mean, does that sound familiar at all? It's, I'm here to tell you that you're not weak. It's not that you're weak. It's not that you lost your strength. But when you choose to serve God when it's convenient for a while, and then you live for yourself, right? You, you go to church maybe four times a month, and really, it's not even four days a month, it's an hour and a half of four days a month. And then, you know, God, the rest of the time's for me, right? You know, don't tell me how to live my life, I won't tell you how to run your church. And it's not a matter of lacking strength, it's lacking stability. Get this another name for the physio ball is the stability ball. Which to me doesn't make sense, because how can it be a stability ball, right? I mean, there's nothing stable about it. If it's stability, it ought to be a box, right? A stability ball. But you see, the intention with the stability ball is that it, it intentionally creates an unstable situation, forcing your body to stabilize itself in order to grow strength, and so maybe you're in an unstable situation in life because God wants to grow and in strengthen in your faith. Amen. You know, maybe he wants to grow your faith so that when storms come, you're not shaken. You're anchored yeah. in your stability. Yeah. See, the problem was that Samson was an unstable deliverer to an unstable people. There's a direct connection between your stability and your strength. I'm telling you, you're stronger than you think you are. You're stronger than you think you are, and, and you're sitting here Ugh, I'm so weak. I'm not fit to be a dad. Well, of course you would think that, because you grew up in an unstable environment. You know, so you assume you lost your strength, but really you've just never been stable. You've been fed an inaccurate picture of what strength is, an inaccurate picture of what it means to be a man. I want you to check this video out. I'm Cliff Swayze, I am
1: a member of Crossroads, been attending here for about six years now. As a man, as a husband, as a, as a father of three, as a grandfather now, uh, as the owner of my own companies, um, you know, you, you're growing up and, and your, your definition, your understanding of what being a man is, is, is being that person in charge all the time. Uh, taking control of whatever the situation is—the provider, the protector, the uh, Mister Fix-it guy—and uh, just always trying to find ways to uh, uh, control or, or handle uh, uh, whatever situation you're presented with. And uh, and I was no different. Um, I tried to call all the shots and tried to control—you know uh, uh, to try to control the situation, regardless of what it was. Hi, my
2: name is Craig Gassaway. Uh, my wife, Andrea, and I have been attending Crossroads now for about seven years. Um, before I attended the, the discipleship walk, my, my idea of being a man um, was, was the guy that, that takes everything on by himself. Um, it's my job as the head of the household to be the financial provider for the family. Um, if there's adversity or anything, I'm, I'm the front line of defense for my family. Everything has to go through me um, in order, in order for something to happen
1: to the family. I guess. Prior to the men's discipleship walk, uh, for actually about three years prior, I had several people tell me, uh, 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 "You should go," or uh, actually several of them even told me, "You need to go on this walk." I, mean, I had reservations like anyone else. I mean, uh, uh, not knowing what to expect. I was able to, I felt a, a, an ease. I, it's hard to explain. Um, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I realized I didn't have to be in control. It wasn't all about me. And that uh, by not being in control and by putting God first, I would be actually a better husband, a better man, a better father. To know that one, I didn't have to do it all, I didn't have to come up with all the answers. But also, I didn't have to do it alone. I realized that all I have to
2: do is reach out to other guys, and and, and they're going to lift me up in prayer. They're, They're going to talk about similar circumstances that they've had, ways that they've combated certain issues, lead me to any way that they can to help me with the problem so that I don't always have to be the one to shoulder this issue. I can turn it over to God. I can turn it over to my friends, and they can be there to help me get it get through every single issue
1: uh, he's with me all the time it, it brings such a peace to you as as a man and as a father and as a husband to know that it's okay to seek help because often we're we're not raised that way uh, we're we're raised at you know again to be that provider to be that fixer to be that protection and uh actually he's doing that for us and i have to tell you that uh as much as my experience met, and what God did for me in my walk, seeing the way uh, God works, uh, seeing Him move through other people, is probably uh, every bit as exciting uh, to me. Just to see that power, but uh, once you see that and you experience it, I mean, you, you just you do you do get excited. And you want to share that experience
2: and. Uh, Independence has always been about the only thing I know. So um, the idea of actually confiding in others and and relying on others to help me become the man I need to be completely goes against everything um, that comes easy to me. And God kind of just kept saying, hey, the way you've been doing it got you to a certain
1: point. But with a group of men around you, that want the same end goal as you um, can help you get to a better place um, like for me not being the one that always has to have all the answers um, it's okay to be a little vulnerable and to take that information and be able to share that with other men you can tell are, are struggling with some of the same things you had uh, in the past because we all do we all feel like uh, we're the ones that have to, you know, we have to have all the answers. We're the ones that uh, we, we have to be there, uh, be the providers, the protectors. The only other thing I think of um, when you talk about being that, that manly man, uh, being that leader, that husband, um, believe it or not, um, it's better as a, a father to teach our children that we don't have to have all the answers. Uh, one, it, it's leading by example, showing them that uh, we need to put God first, and using that as an example um, for them to lead their you know lead their lives. It's not a sign of weakness. I mean, your your children look at that, but even more importantly, um, I was amazed when I got back from my walk. I felt vulnerable. I, I felt like I. Uh, I, I, I many people script this story, but I spent the first 40 years of my life not shedding a tear. And, and since my walk, since I've opened up, um, uh, emotionally I have felt more vulnerable and, and, and I am more emotional and, and I, I do cry at times, but it's not a sign of weakness. And that comfort, that peace that I found on that walk, it was actually, it wasn't just my strength, it was The strength that I had with God, it it made me more of a man, if that makes sense. Uh, I was stronger in my faith, my commitment, and my direction, and my leadership in my family. So, I I mean, literally, my family noted that that made me be a stronger husband, made me be a stronger father, which in turn made me feel like even more of a man, um, even though I had... I had relinquished some control. So uh, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's it's okay to open up. Uh, It's okay to uh, not have all the answers. And it's okay to lead by example when you're putting God first.
0: You need to reshape how you view strength. Are you stable? You see, Samson didn't lose his strength, and it didn't happen all at once. Little by little, his strength left him with every decision he made of instability. And so today we're going to look at five pillars to test your stability real quick. Five pillars to test your stability. See, in track. Um, in order to uh, determine and establish your, your footing, your placement, and your starting blocks, uh, the coach would administer a test. And, uh, and, and the test was simply the coach would come up and push you. And uh, if you, you know, whichever foot you stumbled forward with was the foot you put backward in the blocks. And uh, the, the key to this test was, though, that you couldn't know it was coming, uh, there would be some guys that I would witness that for you know, whatever reason, maybe someone told them or whatever, but uh, they were anticipating it and they saw it coming. And so when the coach would push them, they didn't move uh, because they had braced themselves. And so when you can brace yourself, when you know what's coming, you're able to... And you know, pinpoint the instability and brace yourself against it. So we're going to look at these five pillars of instability. Uh, so again, when you see it coming, you can test it and grow your strength. So this first one is, are you stable in your emotions? You know, if you read the story or if you, even if you watch the movie that recently came out, um, man, Samson was a drama queen. He was, you know, he not only operated by emotion, but he operated for it. And there's a difference. You know, I mean, you need to have emotion. You know, if you don't cry at the end of Toy Story 3, you just don't have a soul. <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. And so you need emotion. Uh, God gave us our emotion to use for his purpose. But some of you, you don't have emotion. It has you. And um, it, it's how you use your emotion, and I know some of the guys in the room—they're thinking, you know, preach, Pastor Kyle. My wife needs to hear this. Uh, but honestly, I think guys can be ten times more emotional than women. You know, I mean, Samson's wives cried, but he killed. You know, who's more emotional? Right? It's—it's it's how you use your emotion, and you can read the story in the Bible again. It's—it's uh, it's Judges thirteen through sixteen. Uh, if you want, but if you look, you know it says that God called Samson to be the deliverer of the Israelites to the Philistines to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines, and He gave him the emotional passion to do it, but samson he took his passion and he spent it on his preference instead of applying it to his purpose and see when you have strength and you don't give it. Purpose, when, you know it. So instead of delivering the Israelites from the Philistines, he acted out of rage and ended up marrying one. And so, are, are you committed in your? Are you a stable in your commitment? Because if you consult your emotions to determine if you're going to keep your commitments, you'll never be stable. There was three things Samson was told not to do, and he did all three because he wasn't committed. You see, when you have strength that you don't give a purpose or a direction to, it can lead to apathy, and then you end up using that strength in all the wrong ways. Are you stable in your ambition? Because if, if what you want, if it's not what God wants, even if you get it, it could end up destroying you. And, and when I read through the story, there's only... Two things I can find that Samson ever wanted bad enough that he was willing to fight for it, that he was willing to do something about it, and that was revenge and women. You see, he had the strength, but he wasn't stable in his ambition, and, and so he didn't point the strength in the right direction. You know, my favorite coach told me uh, that there's three things you need in order to succeed in athletics, and I believe really it applies to life. Uh, the first one's talent, the second one's opportunity, uh, but the third one is drive. And you know, he said, "No one can put drive in you. No one can make you want it. And I think our problem is that we don't want enough. You know, we want a job, but we don't want to make a difference there. You know, we want from God for us. But we never ask God for more than enough. And I'm not just talking about money, but other opportunity as well. We don't want more opportunity. God, give me more of an opportunity to be a blessing to other people. We we just want for us, and we're content with that. And see, Samson was only strong enough to get what he wanted, nothing more. And, And he underperformed his potential because he didn't have a stable ambition. He saw a woman, he took her. He took what he wanted. And if your ambition isn't aligned with your assignment, even your achievements will be empty. And he lost his strength. And he lost it in stages with every compromise. And he eventually began to feel weak. But he wasn't weak. He just wasn't stable. And this one might have been uh, Samson's biggest issue. Um, But are you stable in your relationships? You see, Samson got into all of his trouble because he listened to all the wrong people and wanted to be around all the wrong people. You know, he didn't listen to his parents when they told him not to marry the Philistine woman. He didn't listen to the ones who loved him and and he wanted to be with the ones who hated him and he loved the ones who hated him. And so if you keep leaning on weak people, don't be surprised when they let you down. You know, if God's to stabilize you so you can be stronger, you can't keep leaning on weak people. And, and, you know, if you get around the wrong people, and I'm not just talking, you know, to teenagers we talk about all the time, who you surround yourself with, friends and all that. I'm not just talking about teenagers. If you get around the wrong people, and if you isolate yourself, because then it's not... You're around the wrong people. You just have no people. And in the video, we saw that can be real easy for men. You know, so if you lean on weak people, don't be surprised when they let you down. You know, if you put your head in the lap of Delilah, don't be surprised when you wake up bald, right? So some of you need to check who you're surrounding yourself with. Some of you need to find some new people. And lastly, are you stable in your belief? Belief in what you can't see. Belief in what you can't see. They cut Samson's hair, and, and he ended up losing his strength because he wasn't stable. And when they took his stability, they took his sight. They gouged his eyes out. And when they, when they took his eyes, it was really, it was only a physical representation of what was already happening, happening internally, because honestly, Samson hadn't had vision for 20 years. And, and a strong man became a slave. His strength was turned to weakness. And uh, and one day they were leading him out uh, to the Philistine temple of Dagon, which is one of the Philistine gods. Um, and a large crowd had gathered uh, to witness the fallen Israelite hero. And uh, we're going to pick the story back up in Judges sixteen twenty five. It said while they were in high spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. And and what they did next, we'll find, is really it's their downfall. um, Because it said that um, they stood him among the pillars. And if you're unaware, pillars, what they do is they stabilize the building. And so... They stood him among the pillars. And I want us to see what happens next. Because remember, he's blind. He can't see. They they took his eyes. And so it's in his moment of greatest vulnerability that he experiences his greatest victory. And it says, he said to the servant, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so I can lean against them. And I want to jump to verse 29 um, to kind of wrap up the whole story. It says in Judges 29, then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood. And what does it say he did next? Bracing himself. Bracing himself. See, like Samson, you might not see your strength today, but if you would brace yourself, reach out and brace yourself on the pillar of God, you would recognize that you're stronger than you think you are. You would, you, would, you would experience stability in your life and realize that you're stronger than you think you are. See, now I get what the, uh, what the preacher in Hebrews was talking about. I get it. Weakness to strength. Instability to the pillar of God. It makes sense now. You see, Samson accomplished in death what he was never able to do in life. He stabilized himself for the first time. He realized that his strength had never left him. It was there all along. And and so maybe you're at a place again this morning where you feel weak and that your strength has left you. Maybe storms in your life are blowing you around and, and you feel beat down. It's not... That you're weak. I'm here again to tell you that you're not weak. You have to redefine how you view strength. Are you stable? God is calling you to stabilize. You're stronger than you think you are. Your strength never left. Strength and stability comes from leaning on the pillar of God. Men, dads, you know, you you carry this burden of trying to be something you were never meant to be. You can't be the pillar of stability in your home. Only God can. And, yeah. and And when you recognize that true strength comes from stability in your relationship with Christ, then you'll be the hero of your home. You will. And I'm telling you. And again, this message is straight up for me. It's speaking directly to me. Is that, you know, as men, we try to be the hero of our home. We try to have all the answers. Video shared it. We try to be everything for our wife and kids. We want to fix it. And, you know, we think maybe if I work more, bring in more money, if I accomplish more in my job, travel more, my wife will be proud of me. I'll make a name for myself. My kids will have what they want. And, and my home will be stable because financially we'll be set. And then, you know, something happens and you realize, I'm trying everything, man. I feel so weak. What's going on? And I promise you, men and dads, that if, if we just focus on stability in our relationship with God, that's the only security that matters. You know, I've been finding this out the hard way, too. You know, I'm, I'm young at this, too. Um, God's calling us to stabilize. And so I want to pray this morning, if you close your eyes. Um, you know, maybe you're at a, a place again this morning, men and women, where you, you know, hopefully this has been speaking to you, and you're recognizing, gee, I, you know, I man, I've been feeling weak. Um, I guess I'm, I'm unstable. And you look at your life, and you serve God a while, but you serve yourself for a while. You know, you, you live for God, but then you live for yourself. And uh, you just realize it's, you're not weak. You're not lacking strength. You're lacking stability. And maybe you've never heard that. and Maybe you've never known that stability on leaning on the pillar of Christ. And I want to give you that opportunity today if you've never chosen to do that. And so if that's you, if you if you, you want to say, you know, Kyle, I've never, never thought about that. I've never, never been stabilized in Christ. I just want you to raise your hand. Just say, you know, I need that stability. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All, hands up all over the place. Thank you. you say, God, I, I tr- I've tried living my whole life on my own strength, trying to handle what life throws my way, but I've been so shaken. Storms come and tear me up. But God I've never had stability in you Lord I I pray right now that you would be the pillar of strength in our life that you would stabilize us now in this moment that even if never before Lord we would choose from this day to lean on you as our strength and source of stability God that we wouldn't try to do it our own and ourselves Lord but that we would lean on you in our life and men uh, dads um, again, this, is just, this has been a message for me. Um, <clears throat> you know, every time I speak, I, I, I'm fortunate because uh, the message always speaks to me for weeks. And uh, I get like <laughs> 10 times the dosage. But this one particularly is, has really impacted me. Um, because it's true as, as men, as, as dads, we try to be the strength for our family, we try to have all the answers. We try to give them everything they need for stability, but that's not our job. And uh, and when we recognize that that true strength comes from stability in Christ, man, it's a game changer. And so, I want to make a commitment alongside you this morning. You know, all of us in it together, um, a commitment to stability. You know, stop trying to do this whole strength thing on your own as Kenneth shared in worship it, you know it, it's it's simpler than that we don't need to do it all you know we're, we're killing ourselves because it's not on us and so a commitment to stability in Christ I'm telling you if you want to be a hero in your home stabilize your relationship with God It's anything and everything your wife and kids will ever need and if you don't have a wife or kids yet you're ahead of the game Man, you're, you're ahead of the game. If you can figure this out before that, you, you can get any woman you want. And that's all they want. You know, your kids don't care what your job title is. Your kids don't care that you went to China for a month. They just recognize you weren't home for a month. You know, stability in your relationship with God is all they want, and you'll be a hero of your home. So commit with me, men, in your hearts right now, In front of your spouse, in front of your kids, as a witness and as an example. God, I commit to stability in my relationship with you. I've tried being this tough guy that had all the strength my family needed, tried having all the answers, but man, I feel weak. And I'm not as strong as my wife and kids think I am. But you're not weak. Just check your stability. God, we commit as men, as dads, as as future fathers. To stabilize in our relationship with you, to be the hero of our home the way that we were intended to be, to lead by that example. So God, I pray that you would lead us in this commitment, that we would brace our, that would reach out like Samson and brace ourselves on the pillar of who you are. Give us the strength to do that. I pray this in your name, Lord, in front of our wife and kids to be men of stability. Amen.